Lord, we've known that you're good, but you're better than we thought you were. We recognize, Lord, in your goodness, you do things that are good just because that's who you are. It's your character. And we recognize that the devil does bad things because that's who he is. That's his character. And he hates us. And that's all right. I hope we give him every reason to hate us. <laughs> As we continue to mess up his plans. Lord, we recognize you're doing something here. You're doing something in this church. You're doing something in this city, this county. I believe you're doing something in this country. We recognize that your works are being seen at a greater rate than before. We're seeing greater works than before. Lord, we just know that, that you're up to something. The kingdom is on the increase. The king is on the move. And we just thank you. Just thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I, I uh, was just thinking while I was praying that uh, I, know, I know a lot of pastors in this town. I know a lot of, uh, I'm friends with so many, I, and that's the way I desire. I want to be friends with every pastor in this community, in this county. Uh, it's a, the, the church ought to be able to get along with each other, you know what I mean? I mean, my goodness, why wouldn't we? Uh, so uh, I know so many pastors in this town, and, and so many churches are growing right now. <laughs> now, I grew up here. This is, this is my hometown. And I know how Athens works. And uh, I know that sometimes something will be happening at one church, and everybody go over there. That's just the way Athens is. It may be every town. I don't know where you. But this, this is the one time in my lifetime that I know of numerous churches growing. What does that tell you? It's not just some church doing something hot. God is on the move. Amen? I mean, he's doing something here. Praise God. And, I, and I'm so thankful for all of my pastor friends and all of our churches in our community. And, and so uh, it's, just, it's just awesome to see the Lord working. He's doing something here, I'm telling you, my goodness. And uh, I'm, I'm preaching on healing today. In the previous service, I was just kind of looking over the crowd, and I'm like, okay, there was a man sitting over there who, without treatment, he went from you have six months to live to you're cancer-free. <laughs> sitting right over there. And I uh, had a gal sitting right over there who... Who, who died in that same seat uh, last year, January. The Lord raised her from the dead. I mean, I, so I, we, could, we could give testimonies all day. We could just have testimonies. It's just awesome what God's doing. And I know there's numerous people in this service that you've experienced the mighty healing hand of God. And uh, I'm one of them. I mean, 
mine's not quite as dramatic as killing over dead and being raised, but uh, but I, I've experienced God do amazing things. Uh, you might notice I wear hearing aids. Uh, he he may heal that too. Uh, but I had a stick go through my ear in '99, and it, and it nearly killed me because I was I was clearing out a trail. I, by the way, I normally train, chain, uh, save all of my story time till the third service, but now y'all get it today. All right, y'all get it. I just decided to start this service different, just because. So, uh, in '99, I was finishing my my last year of uh, is my senior year of college, and uh, I'm clearing out a trail to my deer stand. And a stick goes through my ear. I didn't know that at the time. I just know, boom, I'm out. I'm down. And uh, God had already set this thing up. I tried and shorten the story. God had already set it up for my dad to be there. And uh, even though I tried several times, like, no, I got it. Don't worry about it. And, uh, and I'm out in the woods. And I'm, I'm down. And I thought I'd been shot in the head. I didn't know what happened. Because the loud sound, now blood's coming out of my head. And everything's spinning. I and it's just a, a, an amazing, the whole thing is amazing how God laid it all out, but he brought me through it. And then uh, the stick went, if I'd had a brain, it'd have hit it. That's how deep it, <laughs> that's how deep it thing went. And uh, anyway, it was two inches into my head. And, and uh, uh, when I finally realized what's going on, I'm passing out, I'm throwing up, uh, go through heat exhaustion. I went, I lost all my fluids and and a bad deal. Lord brought me through it. But then, that ear, that ear that had dislocated the hearing bone, it removed, completely tore up my hear, uh, eardrum. And uh, in and out of the doctor's office, and he's like, "Well, we're going to do surgery." I can't, I can't afford surgery. Number one, number two, it's my, I'm, I'm out of days that I can miss school. If I'm going to graduate college this year. The doctor was a, a Christian, and he said, "I tell you what," he said, "I, I, I worship the same God you do." He said, won't you pray and see if he won't heal that? Because you have no eardrum, and it's now sealed over. It's just wide open. And he said, you just pray, see if God will heal it. Well, I'm, I'm at home uh, with cabin fever. I'm just sick because I couldn't walk for two weeks. I mean, every, your equilibrium gets thrown off when, you're hearing, when your uh, hearing bone's dislocated. It was awful. It's, I mean, you're just sick constantly because of the dizziness. And I'm sitting there, and I just finally, I'm like, I'm going to just sing some worship songs. So I pull up my guitar, and I just start worshiping the Lord. I didn't ask for anything. I mean, I know I've been praying up, you know, praying about it occasionally. I just kind of, just worshiping the Lord. It sounded like a busted speaker constantly. And all of a sudden, I'm like, wait. You know, you kind of get pulling on it, and hi, hi. What just happened? And I went back to the doctor. He said, you now have a full eardrum. <laughs> Boom. It's like, praise God. <laughs> praise God. He didn't say, it's growing back. He's like, no, you have an eardrum now. So God does amazing things. And I didn't mean to start with my story, but, uh, but we all have our own testimony. At least I hope you do. Maybe if you didn't come in with one, you'll leave with one. Yeah. Amen. So we, uh, we started, we've been looking at Luke chapter 4, verse 18, and and Jesus said, this is what I came to do. If you ever wonder what Jesus came to do, you're going to find out today. And he said, there's five things involved in the thing, the thing that he came to do. And uh, here's, in, 
In short, he came to escort the kingdom of heaven to earth and to push back the domain of darkness. And so he came doing these five things, Luke 4, 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, number one, to preach the gospel to the poor. He wants to see you saved. If you're here today and you do not have a relationship with God, you don't know if you're going to make heaven. I, I wouldn't leave in that condition. Unless I was 100% certain that I had a relationship with God by faith in Jesus Christ, I would not leave this property in that condition. I wouldn't. Jesus said, I came to do, the first thing he comes to do is see your spirit redeemed. See you born again, to see you saved. Number two, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He's not just trying to get you to heaven. He also wants to affect you right here on earth. And, and every one of us have issues in this soul, our mind, our emotions, and our will. And God says, I need to help you get past your past because the enemy's been stealing from you and I'm here to restore it. And so, so he says, I've come to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted. And then the third one is uh, to proclaim liberty to the captives. This is what we preached on last Sunday. There is a, dem a demonic realm that loves to keep you oppressed and suppressed and sometimes depressed. <laughs> and he said, I'll come to rescue from that too. Amen? We've told, been told over and over again that you have the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, and that's not bugs and snakes. That is the demonic realm. And, 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 and then it leads to today uh, recovery of sight to the blind. This is speaking of physical healing, physical healing. And why is it in this order? Well, it's, it is in an order for a reason. Number one, if, if you have a physical healing and you're not yet saved, well, guess what? It doesn't matter how long we prolong this body if it, your soul goes to hell. And so sometimes healing is used in evangelism because someone sees and experiences the power of God and then they want him. Amen. I mean, when you've experienced God in that way, now you want to have a relationship with him. Uh, but you see the progression is, is if someone then gets saved, now they are a child of God. And as a child of God, God then can then come and heal up your old soul wounds, your, your broken heart. He wants to heal that too. Your, your delusional mind, he wants to fix that too. He wants to bring everything in straight and into alignment with his will. And then if that's not dealt with and that, that demonic presence is, is there because you have a soul wound. See what happens when, when I have this soul wound, or, uh, it's an open door for the demonic and I can come along and cast that junk out. But if that door's still open, it's coming back and it's going to be worse. It's going to be worse. That's the truth of the word. We can study that. That was, a, that was last week's summer. Look it up on the YouTube. All right. <laughs> so... Why does healing then come forth? Physical healing. Well, because much of the healing that you saw Jesus do, he would cast out a demon and they got healed. Sometimes it is spiritually induced illness. And so if, if, if you hadn't dealt with the source of it, then how is it you're going to get to this matter of healing? And so here we are today. Jesus said, I come to do these five things. Finally, next week I'll talk about restoration and uh, you don't want to miss that one. So here in Luke chapter 4, verse 40, we see that he gets immediately to the work of doing it. When the sun was setting, all those who had any sick, any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him. 
And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many, crying out and saying, You are the Christ, the Son of God. And he said, I don't need you demons telling people that. And he rebuked them, said, Don't even, don't even say it. Uh, we see him immediately go into this business of healing. We could go, I'm just looking at Luke because that's where we started off. But we could go chapter after chapter after chapter and just look at scriptures where he heals. He heals. In fact, he says, if you don't believe me from the words that I'm saying, then believe me for the works that I'm doing. And, 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 and so look here in chapter 7. John the Baptist, the very one who baptized Jesus, heard God the Father speak from heaven, saw the Spirit descend like a dove upon Jesus, the very one who says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. When John the Baptist fell on hard times, he's imprisoned, about to be executed. He then begins to question, Is this truly the Messiah? He sends his disciples on to Jesus, and the disciples come and ask, Are you the Christ, or should we look for another? And here's what Jesus said, Here's my evidence. Chapter 7, verse 22, Jesus answered and said to him, Go and tell John the things you have seen and heard that the blind see. This is in response to Luke chapter 4, verse 18. He's healing people. That the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. All of this is in response. He says, I am doing Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. I am, and he's actually quoting in Luke 4, 18 19, Isaiah chapter 61. He says, I am escorting the kingdom of heaven to earth. And all the garbage that Satan has pulled over humanity, I am revoking and rebuking that enemy off of my people. Amen. It's powerful stuff. And then he says this, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. John, cousin, oh cousin, John was Jesus' cousin. Cousin John, don't get upset at me just because I'm not doing what you want me to do. I'm still God, and I'm still good. So if you're here today and you don't believe in healing, you're going to be very uncomfortable around this house. Can I just, I, I'm not going to say go down the road and find another church. Here's what I'm going to say. Would you open your mind up and look around a little bit, talk to some folks, and you're going to see healing in this house. You're going to experience uh, the work of God in this house because he's doing it all the time. He's doing it all the time. So I didn't feel like I needed to come and bring a case for healing this morning. But if you're here and, and you, you don't know about all that business, just please uh, hang around. Hang around and look around. Before long, you'll believe, just like we do, that God is in the healing business. Amen. Because he's still God, and he's still good. And he never quit being God, he never quit being good, and he still does good things. And uh, I've been a recipient, and many of you have as well, of the good things that he does. I want you to look where healing does come, I mean, where sickness does come from, because a lot of people think, uh, that it's, it's some theologian's fault, it's, it's some bad teaching, but a lot of people think that that God gives sickness. People think that. that. That it's God's will that you're sick. And if, if you believe that, then by all means, don't go to the doctor. If God wants you sick, you better not try and get well. You'd be against the will of God. I mean, just, let's, let's just think for a second how stupid we are. <laughs> oh, it's God's will that I'm sick. Well, why are you trying to get better then? Why don't you have somebody pray for you? 
Why did you go see the doctor? Why did you take medicine? Why are you still whining? <laughs> uh, I pray, therefore I whine. All right, so that's, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Where, where, where do we get that mentality? And here's where it comes from. And I did not intend on going here. I didn't intend on getting into deep theology, but I'm going to go here. There's a word that is used throughout all Christianity. We all use the same word, but we all use different dictionaries. And that is the word sovereign. I 100% believe in the sovereignty of God. But what dictionary are you defining that word with? Here's how some define it. God is in control of everything. That is how some define sovereign. That God is in control of everything. In other words, anything that happens that's bad, he did it. Ooh, I have a hard time uh, blaming God for some of the things that go on in this world. But here's what I know that the word sovereign means. Just break the word down. And that word sovereign, he reigns over everything. Amen. He reigns over everything. And, and, and there are bad things that go on in this world. But my good God is so mighty, he can take a bad thing and turn it into a good thing. Yes. Read Romans 8, 28. For God works all things together for good for those who love him who are called according to his purpose. And so bad things happen. Why? Because it's a sin-sick world. And it was corrupted with sin and has now has a curse on it. And, there, and the Bible says it rains on the righteous and the unrighteous alike. So sometimes bad things happen to good people. But got a good God who reigns over everything and turn a bad, he can turn a very bad thing into a very good thing. Because that's how good he is. Amen. Amen. That's who he is. That's who he is. So Acts chapter 10 verse 38 tells us very clearly, if you wonder where sickness comes from, Acts 10, 38 tells us where it comes from. And it's also telling us the testimony of what Jesus came to do. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were, what? Oppressed by the devil. He's healing people who are sick. Well, who made them sick? Amen. So as the kingdom of heaven comes into the earth, God who loves humanity, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And it's not just talking about the everlasting life that when we finally die here and go to heaven, we're going to live for eternity. It's also talking about life here on earth. And Jesus says, John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. We misquote that so many times because we'll say the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and you're missing the pivotal word on that whole verse of Scripture. He only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He has no mercy. He don't play fair. He comes for one thing, and that is to bring destruction and death and division into, into humanity because he hates you. He hates your family. He hates your He don't care that they're innocent little babies. He hates them too. We know that because Pharaoh, induced by Satan, was having babies slaughtered. And so was Herod. Children were slaughtered because it was demonically, satanically, uh, they were under the influence. And so he don't, he don't care about your kids. He has no mercy. He hates you. 
We touched on this last Sunday. It was actually, I'm not sure I said it in the second service, but I know I said it in the third because here's what I think happened. I think the Spirit of God spoke to me while I was preaching last Sunday in the third service, and it dawned on me as Satan tried to overthrow heaven, God cast him out of heaven, and then it tells us in Ephesians chapter 2 that we then... I'm going, I'm going rogue, sister. In Ephesians chapter 2, and you who made alive, this is chapter 2, verse 1, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works among the sons of disobedience, that's Satan. I'm going to skip down to verse 6. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. He, God, created the angelic realm. They're created. And He created the human realm. We're created. But He, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that He created us a little lower than the angels. So those of us who are actually physically lower, a little less than, have been given greater authority, and he cast the demonic, these were angels, they were trying to overthrow God, he cast them out from the high places and put us in the high places. Amen. And then he says, when it's all said and done, when everything's done, we will judge them. Now you see why they hate your guts and your children and they're chill. They hate, they hate you. They hate you. So this is why Satan wants to bring death and destruction. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. He wants to suppress the kingdom of God. He does not want the kingdom of God to expand. He don't want to be people getting saved and set free and, and delivered. He don't want that to happen. So he oppresses the kids of the kingdom. That's what he does. But we have a good God. Amen. We have a good God. And we, I, I said earlier, I don't feel like I need to, to, to make a case that God heals around here. We know he does. Uh, but I will kind of give you, and, and this is not going to be an exhaustive sermon on healing. I may have already gone too long already. But I'm going to give you some reasons why healings are hindering, hindered. Why are healings hindered sometimes? Number one, sometimes people don't want it. Why would anybody not want to be healed? Well, Jesus comes along, see a guy laying beside the pool of Bethesda where he's supposed to uh, uh, get in the water, the water's supposed to heal him, and he, he walks up to him and says, you want to be well? Well, what kind of question is that? He's been lame his whole life. He, said, I, I, he starts whining, he says, I got nobody to put me in the water. The water's supposed to heal him. What kind of question is that? Do you want to be well? You would think, well, of course he wants to be well. But I know people who don't want to be well. Why? Why don't you want to, why don't you want to be well? Why would you want to continue in your infirmity or your iniquity? Well, one of the reasons is because their identity is in their infirmity. That's, that's who I am. That's just who I've grown accustomed to being. And, and, and here's another reason. Because now they have an excuse. They think. They have an excuse. If I have an excuse for my laziness or my lack of responsibility or my hellish ways, if I say, well, I, I do that thing because I'm this way, then I now have an excuse. I'm going to tell you that excuse will not stand up in the court of God. 
<laughs> Some people don't want to do well. Some people, if, if, if you took away their excuse, it would have, they would have to be responsible. We'd rather not be responsible. And so some people don't, make, don't want to be well. Uh, so it's unwanted for some. Some aren't well because of unforgiveness. I'm not going to quote every verse of Scripture goes with every point, but we know that Jesus says if you won't forgive others their sins, your Father won't forgive you your sins, and you'll be handed over to the torturers. Why? Because sin brings consequences. And so some aren't healed because they refuse to forgive someone who has wronged them and at the same time ask God to forgive them of all their wrong. It is a direct offense to God to ask him to do for you what you won't do for somebody else. So unforgiveness. Some reasons that others aren't healed is because of unconfessed sin. They just want to continue living in their sinful ways. All sickness is not due to sin. Well, I mean, all sickness is not, if you are sick, I'm not saying that it's because of your sin. All sickness is due to sin, but it was the original sin that brought the curse and everybody's sick because of that. But don't just assume when you find somebody sick, oh, a sinner. <laughs> Jesus walked along, his disciples says, Jesus, this man has been sick since birth. Who sinned, he or, he or his parents? Stupidest question his disciples ever asked. How did he sin before birth? <laughs> I looked at that, scratched my head. How did he sin before birth? Jesus, Jesus, he just tolerated so much for those disciples. You know, sometimes he, he, he even asked the question, how long must I linger with you? <laughs> and so so they, they asked, who sinned? And Jesus said, no, neither one of them. Neither one of them sinned. But that the glory of God might be revealed. That the glory of God. Now, that leads to a bigger question. Did God make them sick so that he could show his glory? Mm-mm. God don't make sick. He don't make people sick. I, I just promise you that. Uh, I've sat by hospital beds. Some most sad situations. Yesterday included. And the question comes, why? Boy, if I could answer that one. I'm giving you some reasons why not. But I, I can't give you all those answers. But here's where I will continue to plant my feet firmly on this truth. He's still God and he's still good. He's still God, and he's still good. And if you don't get your healing, I, I don't know why. Because as I'm going down this list, some it's unwanted, some there's unforgiveness, some there's unconfessed sin, some there's unbelief. They just don't believe he does or can. And then some, it's unknown reasons. I don't know why. But it does not change the fact that he's still good, and he's still God. And if we only see life from this side of death, then we'll start accusing God of all kinds of things, won't we? That's the problem sometimes is we're too nearsighted. We only see life this side of death when God says, oh, this is just a speck in time. We got all eternity to talk about this. And when we get to the other side of death for Christians, when we get to glory and we're spending time and eternity with him in heaven, we're not going to ask this question. What about that little hangnail I had? God, you didn't heal it. 
You forgot about it, didn't you? Now, because you're in the glorious presence of God, and now you recognize, oh, he is good. And what I couldn't understand back then, I see it now. I see it now. I can actually trust him for everything. I can trust him in everything. So does God heal? Absolutely he heals. But what about my story? What if I'm not healed? I don't know. But I do do know he's still God and he's still good. And I also know that sometimes he's working in us. He's working in us because it's working out something in us. And then once he works that thing out in us, he'll work on us. I've seen, I'm a recipient of that too. Walked in here one Saturday night, prayer meeting. I was fixing to ask everybody to pray for my back because it was hurting. God reminded me, well, you have unforgiveness against so-and-so. I'm like, so I sat there with the Lord and I forgave them. And guess what? Back got better. That minute. So maybe he's working in us and, 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 and the pain or the sickness or the whatever is the result of a soul issue. And when we get that soul issue sorted out, all of a sudden our, our body issue got dealt with too. And so I want to I look real quick at 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8. 1 John chapter 3 verse 8. Here's what Jesus came to do. 1 John 3, 8. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Amen. When did Jesus begin? Well, he began long before he was born. Why? Because he had no beginning. Jesus has always been. He is the eternal Son of God. He had no start. He has no finish. He is eternal. He is God. Amen? But He was manifested when He was born as a human. And He says He was born as a human for one reason, for one purpose. See it? It says purpose. The purpose for Christ being born is that He might destroy the works of the devil. Amen? That He might destroy the works of the... That's a tough man right there. Why? Because he's more than man. He's God. See, you, you, you have no... We know of scriptures where one angel defeated thousands. Satan was an angel. He's powerful. But here comes this man who defeated the devil. He comes to destroy the works of the devil. Well, how could he do that? Because he's more than a man. He's God. And over and over and over we see Jesus say, I can't do any, I don't do a thing unless God tells me to. He says, I don't say a thing unless God tells me to say it. I don't do anything apart from the will of God. So it must have been the will of God that people were healed. Because he went aware, he went everywhere healing people. Amen. So it must be that healing is on the heart of the Father. Amen. I know it is because he tells us over and over that he heals. And then Jesus comes along and says, here is my mission. I've come to see people get saved, whole, delivered, healed, and restored. And then he comes along to us and says, you are co-missioned with me to do this as well. You're co-missioned with me. That we are co-missioned with Christ Jesus to bring his healing. So he's like, that's God's business. I don't. I'm not in the healing business. He asked you to join him in his mission. No, I'm sorry. He didn't ask you. He told you to. He told you to. 
Verse uh, John 14, 12, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do. How, how am I supposed to do greater works than Jesus? I mean, he did some stuff. <laughs> well, this word you is not singular, it's plural. Jesus, because he was all God, but also human, was only in one place at one time. Now the church of Jesus Christ at one time covers the globe. Amen? So by sheer numbers, we can do more. He, he, his ministry was for three and a half years, right there around his hometown. Now he has breathed his Holy Spirit into you and me, those who have called upon the name of the Lord, and then he has given us the authority, the ability, and the command to go spread the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Amen? And so I grew up memorizing the Great Commission out of Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. And Jesus says, All authority in heaven and earth have been given unto me. Go ye therefore into all the world, making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And Lord, I'm with you always. Great Commission. He says, I came with a mission. Now I'm commissioning you to co-mission with me. That's what he said. I've won the authority. Why? Because he defeated death in the grave. He says, now, I, and this is after his resurrection, Matthew 28 is after his resurrection. He says, now I'm asking you to join me in the mission that I came to in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19, to see people get saved, whole, delivered, healed, and restored. I'm asking you to join me in this mission. And then, and then that was the one I learned, but there's another great, uh, another version Mark describes it this way. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. I hope this morning you're saved. Because that word condemned is an ugly word. Don't leave here that, in that condition. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name. That's pretty important. Not your name. It's not your name. In my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Here's where it gets weird. They will take up serpents. We're going to have some snakes brought in the building here in a little bit. Everybody just test your faith. <laughs> I said this is the first service. There ain't no way we're going to do this because somebody going to bring in a, a box of, 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 uh, of spiders and I'm out. <laughs> we know this is referring to the demonic. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will be, and they will recover. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what we're supposed to be doing. I don't know how to do that. Well, it's not a formula. It comes down to this. You continue to trust in the name of Jesus Christ, recognizing that what he did on the cross was to destroy the works of the devil. And to believe that you have the authority as a child of God, it's not, it's not a, a, a progression into that authority. When you were saved, it became your birthright. Amen? And, and, and it, it's not if you earn it or not. You don't earn anything. It's grace. And he's already earned it for us. And you can come along and see God do miraculous things through you. I hope that you get that. You can see... It's, it's not some fancy preacher with the, with the as, as, as uh, Ray Stevens called the pinky ring. It's not that fancy preacher. 
<laughs> it is every child of God has the authority of Jesus Christ to push back the powers of darkness in every facet. Amen. You don't earn it. You don't work up to it. You just use it. It's yours. It's yours. I think the best description I've heard someone use, they said, someone wrote me, a, wrote somebody else a large check, and they handed it to me to give it to them. He said, now, when I gave them that check, they opened it up, they looked at the size of it, and they went to praising God. He said, they didn't thank me not one time. <laughs> well, why would they? Wasn't your check. Wasn't your signature. Wasn't your money. Jesus wrote the check. Don't think that, that you just delivered it. As he brings the healing, you're just the deliverer. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. I'm going to, I'm going to continue to trust he already has. I'm going to continue to trust that he's already healed. And when the, our reality lines up with his, then all of a sudden we experience God in a miraculous way. Amen. You can get in on it. In fact, we'll give you opportunity. Let's all stand and have, we're going to have a time of invitation. You may be here and saying, I've never prayed for anybody for anything. Well, okay. I hope that you continue to come to this church because we are all about seeing God's people discipled and matured and doing the very thing that God's called you to do. He didn't say in Matthew 28, 18, go ye therefore and make converts. He said, go make disciples. What do the disciples do? The very things Jesus did. That's what we do. And so I pray as you continue to come that you would grow up in your knowledge and understanding and obedience to the Lord. So you say, well, I, I've never prayed for anybody. That, that's okay. It's time to start. Why not today? So maybe you're here today. It's going to be a little different. Uh, altar team, you can come forward. You would... Uh, be down at the corners of the altar, but we're going to kickstart this invitation. If you're here this morning and you say, I have an issue that I need healed. I have, I have an issue. I have an ailment. I have something going on. I need healed. I need somebody, somebody pray for me. Would you just raise your hand? Don't be afraid. My goodness. Oh, I'm shy because I'm sick. What? You won't well. Raise your hand. I need God to touch this area of my life. Just raise your hand. All right. Christians, you see hands raised? You just gather around them, and I'll, do, I'll, I'll give you the word. I'm going to pray. I just want you to lay your hand on them. Just touch them. It's powerful. How do we see Jesus healing all? I mean, we see it over and over and over. They lay the hands on them. What did we read? They will lay hands on them and they will recover. They will pray for them, they recover. So maybe you've never experienced God use you any way, shape, or form. You've never experienced God use you, but now you're about to.
Lord, I thank you for your healing power. I thank you that you have the heart of the Father, Lord Jesus, when you came healing people. And I thank you that you put your people in position to destroy the works of the devil. So I thank you that this morning people are getting healed. Whether from a sore toe to a sore head, they're getting healed. From a depressed soul to a distressed situation, they're being healed. And Lord, we just, we just speak to these situations by the power of Jesus Christ for the blood already offered on the altar of the cross. We just thank you that you already purchased this healing. I thank you for the power of God that we're experiencing in this room right now. We thank you for it. We thank you that these who are being prayed for are being healed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? Now, wasn't that crazy and weird and wild? And we've cutting backflips across the platform and screaming and shouting and hollering because you got to work God up to do something. And no, that's what the pagans did. When Elijah had the showdown on Mount Carmel with the pagans, that's what the pagans did. They did all that crazy stuff, cutting themselves, bleeding all over the altar. They were trying to be so dramatic so that their God would listen to them, and their God couldn't listen to them because it wasn't a God at all. And Elijah said, Lord, just show them. Just show them, God. Boom, he showed them. <laughs> he showed them, and uh, they, they wished he hadn't because they all died. So, <laughs> if you're here, you got prayed for, and it wasn't an instantaneous healing. Healing comes in two ways. A miracle, and miracles are like my eardrum coming, pow, instant. I love miracles. It's a, 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 a miracle in the area of healing is instant. Sometimes God chooses to do it progressively. So if you ask for God to heal you this morning, don't you believe for a second that he didn't do it. Don't you believe he didn't do it. You just continue to believe, oh, I'm healed. I ain't feeling it yet, but I'm, I'm healed. Well, you don't even say you ain't feeling it. You just, start, just continue to believe it and watch what God does. Maybe this morning you're going to leave here telling the testimony, man, when they pray for me, I got healed. Let's take communion together. Amen. We're going to have communion. Why? To remind us of where our healing got bought got purchased on the cross. Isaiah 53, it says he bore our iniquities and put on him. His beating bought my healing by his stripes were healed. And his bleeding bought my salvation. Lord, I thank you that my healing's already been bought and paid for. It's already been purchased. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I receive it. I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> My ear just popped again. I may not need these hearing aids after all. <laughs> Lord, thank you.
and thank you for our salvation. You don't mind us experiencing a little heaven here on earth, but that you also prepare us for an eternity in glory. Thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I hear that. <laughs> I hear that. <laughs>